podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Makers.com. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav. That is Pete back again uh, every month. It's nearly every Monday now, me and you, Pete, to be honest with you. Monday it is club. winners and losers. We put our winners and our losers to a poll on Twitter earlier and the results came back. So we will let you know what they are as we go on. I'm going to say it early again today. Hit the like button. Just hit it. Hit it now and get it out of the way. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you have subscribed, Stick on the bell icon, and every time we set a show to go live, you'll know about it. Um, loads to talk about. Um, just to let, just to fill you in, our winners this week were Liverpool's form, uh, Sam Allardyce's pension, um, Dave the save is a loser because he's not saving anything, and Eddie Howe's timekeeping is another one. I am um, so we will go through all them. Huge day of football. Uh, Fulham B Leicester. Big win for Fulham, big loss for Leicester. Everton had a massive 5-1 win away at Brighton, um, which blew the socks off everyone. And I'm not too sure of the Forest result. They were 3-1 up at halftime. What score did that finish? Does anybody know? 4-3 to Forest. 4-3 to Forest to finish. Well, they don't go easy, Forest, do they? So big wins for Forest and Everton today. Puts Leicester and Leeds in massive trouble. And we'll talk about <coughs> the relegation um, fight and the top four fight and everything else as we go through this. So, P, how are you, my man? Good, literally just off a plane an hour ago from Malaga. I was down there with some lads from Drimnet, which everybody knows is where I'm from. Uh, a good friend of mine, Will Redmond, is getting married in September. And there was all sorts of guys down there. And it was good. Bumped into a lot of people who have actually been watching some people who've been watching uh, Bang Average Golf. I bumped into randomers and ended up having an hour-long conversation about Bang Average Golf. Yeah, it's you love. Honestly, <laughs> Pete fucking doesn't care about the day trippers anymore. He just wants to watch uh, Bang Average Golf. But um, there's more of that coming. I'm editing stuff at the minute. So we should have a video out tomorrow, one on Thursday, and then um, two or three next week as well. So they're going well. Um, <clears throat> anyway, let's get into it. Winners and losers. Let's start with a winner this week. Let's start with Liverpool's form. Um, after being beaten by City, I think they have two draws, Chelsea and Arsenal. And they've won their six league games since then, taking 20 from 24 league points and have put themselves in a position where they have a chance, where we thought the chance was gone. Um, they have a chance at top four. Big games at the weekend coming. Uh, United host Wolves. Newcastle go to Leeds, who must win that game, in my opinion. And then Liverpool away to Leicester. And they, I think they could nearly relegate Leicester on Monday night if they were to win that. But just on Liverpool's form, what do you make of it? Because I think it's been really good results-wise. Patchy performance-wise, um, a bit of trial and error with regards to different players, especially um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. But like we've spoken so much, Pete, over the last maybe two or three weeks in particular about results, 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 results. Um, performances are secondary, but it, it's nice if they're good. But at the moment, Liverpool just feel like 
and Keith said it and, and Emmett said it last night muscle memory and that's what it feels like a bit from Liverpool at the moment what are you making of the form and how are you feeling going into these last three games now yeah I mean first of all I think it's it's a it's a sign that the people that watch this show and that watch us in general know what they're talking about because there's a lot of shots a lot of shouts today uh, for Everton to be winners and you don't get to be winners in my view even winners of the week by pulling out one win in you know 120 games whatever um all jokes aside but no uh, you mentioned the term muscle memory it's 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 a it's a very good analogy i mean liverpool tend to start seasons very very well but they tend to end seasons extremely well i mean even in in some bad seasons from years years gone by it's just they get ahead of a steam the thing that's the thing that's impressed me most about liverpool's club i think it looked to me like you were saying okay I'm just going to not write the rest of the season off. I'm going to dedicate the rest of the season, four, five, six games ago, to to making it, putting a system together that I can trust for next season. Putting Trent Alexander into a Alexander Arnold into a different type of role, and you know it's been. I mean, we're spoiled now by things kind of working out. We forget how clever Klopp is and how good the players are. Um, it's it should be a surprise. I mean, you know, it isn't a surprise because it's Liverpool, but coming off the back of such patchy and bad form, to be honest with you, it's why I would have cho- why I would have chosen, you know, Liverpool's form as it's come. It hasn't come from nowhere, but it's come from it's come from tactical tweaks and from you know Klopp just being a, a brilliant manager and a brilliant coach, you know. So and the players having it in them, it's been a pleasure to watch over the last five six games, to be honest. When you look at it, like, oh, I think the biggest one of the biggest things to come out of it is, is that the discussion around how permanent this sort of um, approach to games will be. You know, is it something that you will see till the end of the season? Because I think they can easily do it away at Leicester. They can definitely do it at home to Villa, and most certainly can do it away to Southampton. That's the final three games. But I think, the, like, whenever I'm talking to whether it's yourself, Sean, anyone, or anyone in our, our Telegram group. A lot of people are talking about, you know, will we see this beyond the end of the season? Do you feel it's just horses for courses? Or do you feel it's definitely a project that's, they've started now hoping it would work to try change things up because they needed a good run? And if it does, if it does work, it's something that will continue into next season. Because the worry is, from some, that, that if this works till the end of the season and you bring it into next season, People have no problem with that, but they're worried then about the amount of bodies they may try in a midfield. Because I've already heard people saying, "Well, if you move Trent in there by a right back, you might only need you might only need two midfielders." I'm against that, by the way. But do you think do you think it's a permanent thing, or do you think it's just horses for courses? No, no, it's, it's definitely not horses for courses because we don't have an injury crisis. I just think I think Klopp has reacted. Um, sometimes people throw in things, and they think that they're wrong. For example, there's been a few fans you know, online or whatever, saying maybe we've been sussed out in, and this has gone back months. And I think, to be honest, that was the case. And whenever we get sussed out, he'll change things up. And I and I think it's it's genuinely the case. And, like, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Jurgen Klopp and, and the staff, they're not blind. They understand that. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example, I mean, he isn't, he wasn't a... a you know, a childhood right back or a childhood defender. He isn't a natural defender. He's a God-given, talented footballer who has an amazing final ball. At times, 
at times I, I see glimpses of Rude Huller, all the great midfielders who can, you know, fight Pirlo. You can just see amazing things in him. So, and and, and I know everybody was like, no, he's a right back, he's a right back. But no, it's not horses for course. I just think it's when Liverpool, when a club like Liverpool know that they're not going to win a league, they will kind of say to themselves, let's let's adapt again and let's move on. That's what great coaches do. And Jurgen Klopp is, you know, one of the best around. So, you know, I think your, your, your latter observation, Gav, is right. It's more, more. let's just tweak this and let's change things up and, and make sure that we go into next season with some sort of momentum. I wouldn't want to be, I mean, I wouldn't want to be Chelsea, for example. Don't seem to know who's going to be in charge next year. They tried to revert the type by apparently trying to bring Mourinho in for next year, which tells you that they they have no direction. We have directionality, and the thing about Liverpool is they will they will alter course towards the end of the season, even if it's a successful season, just to see with next year in mind. I think you're right, Gav. You've picked up on it kind of unconsciously. You've seen that that's kind of what way the wind is blowing. But he does that at the end of every season. He makes changes that you kind of go. Okay, what's that about? But it looks like he's doing it over necessity. I don't think he is. I think he's doing it saying, "Okay, I'm, we're not going to win the league. God knows if we're going to qualify for the Champions League. It's a case of if I don't try something and push for the Champions League, I might regret it. So I'm just going to do." It. I think Jurgen Klopp is one of those guys. He'd rather regret doing something than regret not. Yeah. <clears throat> Whether it stays or not, the way we're playing this system. Um, where do you stand? We'll touch on it quickly. Where do you stand on on midfield? Because um and how many we need. Like would you go with the would you go with the thinking like because Kate Chamberlain and Milner look like they'll go. All the talk around Milner now was Brighton on a free transfer. That's three gone. Now I don't mind what happens with Milner. I'd like Milner to stay because of his just the way he carries himself really. And if he's willing to come on every now and then Grant, if he goes, I think it makes it easier for us to slot players into, you know, ranking a rank within the squad, i.e. maybe a Henson falling towards that Milner sort of role with regards to time played and stuff like that, minutes that he gets. But where do you stand on it? Like, if them three are gone and we do persist with this, which would see us line up with Trent at right back but playing an awful lot of football in that kind of defensive midfield role, do you still believe three midfielders are needed? Yeah, I think he brings in three. And, yeah. I, and I'll tell you why, Gav. For me, I watch Liverpool like you do every single week. And from minute one to minute, probably 35, we steamroll teams physically because it's that muscle memory thing that you talked about earlier on and that even physicality, you know, we, time to, we seem to overwhelm teams. But then it dies. You know, and we're, we're passed through, we're passed over, we're outran. We need real physicality. There's a reason why people are saying we are going for three. I think we're probably bringing three or four midfielders. We need legs. Um, I think I think you're absolutely spot on. Uh, James Milner will be replaced by Jordan Henderson. I'd love to see Milner stick around in the background, but he won't. He won't. He's one of the fittest. I mean, the bleep test every year, he runs away with it. And he'll run away with Brighton's bleep test in August, no doubt. Um, but I think he's a big loss in the dressing room. I think young players look at James Milner and think, "Well, well that's oh, why I think Brighton will bring him in." Because yeah, Brighton yeah. bring in a lot of young players that may need help settling at the club. They bring in a lot of South Americans and stuff like that. And then not only that, they bring up you know like the likes of Evan Ferguson and there's one or two others Irish players as well at Brighton 
that may find themselves in, in the first team squad. And, you know, when you look back at Milner and Liverpool were on a break, I think he played, was it Shrewsby in the Cup? Or, and he stayed. He stayed with the squad. Yeah. Um, he stayed, at, you know, to, to be at the game when all the youngsters were put in. That sort of stuff is huge at a club. And I think that's what Brighton are looking for. Um, yeah. You know, he'd probably get a bit more game time at 37 years of age at Brighton. But yeah. at the same time, the mix of players coming in looking to settle and players moving up from a 23s or wherever it might be, you couldn't ask for better than James Milner. And Lallana is there as well. Lallana is very experienced, you know, as much as <coughs> Liverpool fans or whoever will knock him. Um, the experience he has at, at like Southampton, Liverpool, now at Brighton, he's, he's like... I was hearing the other day, McAllister talks about Lallana in, you know, huge terms, you know, in, in really fabled terms. So I think it's a clever move by Brighton if it happens. But I still think the three are needed. Um, because, and he's got, and yeah, I, I, I think it just has to happen. I think you have you have Trent there as an option to go in there. But like who's to say those three midfielders don't start? With, with Trent still doing that anyway, you know, yeah. that sort of way. So um, it's one of those, I'm sure it'll come up again and again over the summer and we would be doing loads of transfer shows during the summer and just general chats about who might go where and and, um, and what it means for anybody, you know, what it means to the club and, and different players at the club as it happens. But we move on. Um, let's start with the first loser of the week. I'm going to start with Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe was voted as a loser of the week. Now, Look, Newcastle have done excellently this year. You take the you take the red tinted glasses off. Newcastle have done excellent, right? I'm not that biggest fan because of the way they're owned. Um, I'm not Man City's biggest fan. I'm not a fan of them at all because of the way they're owned. Um, they've spent a lot of money Newcastle, um, and it seems more because they've taken very little in, right? But when you look at the squad he's put together, there's no massive standout marquee sign, and maybe. Um, Isaac up front maybe because he was highly highly rated but they've done excellently um, you know they were beating my Arsenal the weekend um, I think Arsenal deserved to win but honestly does Eddie Howe have amnesia and I'm asking that because he's gone on a couple of times now about teams wasting time and he his side put on one of the worst time wasting performances I've ever seen at Anfield earlier this season and then cry it because we scored in the ninety eight minute after eight minutes were where um thing. But like I don't know. Is it just me because I just don't really like what's going on there? Or is it just that Eddie Howe kinda goes under the radar because he's Eddie Howe? But when I see him talking and I and I hear him saying these sort of things, I'm like, Are you for real? You know, it goes back to when when, when Pope was sent off and he was like, Oh well, he's a bit unlucky there. Do we had defenders between the ball and the goal? And there was nobody between the bleeding ball and the goal. Um, and I know managers do it. I know managers do it where, like, Wenger was famous for it. Didn't see it. Sorry, didn't see it. Unless he was looking for a penalty, he's seen everything. But what do you reckon on him? Um, he's voted as a loser of the week for his, his timekeep, and we put it down as, because I just find it massively ironic when Eddie Howe starts talking about time-wasting. Well, Eddie Howe has complete double standards in everything across the board. I mean... I'd be like you. We all grew up watching Newcastle, Kevin Keegan, Philippe Albert, Alan Shearer, all that, thinking, you know, they were there. And it's nothing to do with the... No, I'm not... I'd be lying to say if, if it's nothing to do where the money is coming from. I mean, they have double standards in everything. You know, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I think Eddie Howe is cute as they come. 
he's kind of thinking to himself, okay, this is the mentality that we're going to have to adopt. We're going to have to start pointing fingers at everybody else that's doing the things that people are going to be accusing us of. Um, I'll be honest with you, I look at what Eddie, I watched the Arsenal Newcastle very, very closely. And, you know, I didn't realize, I think we all said this, I thought that, for example, Arteta was a complete chancer. I really did. But he isn't. He's taken every negative that's happened to Arsenal against Southampton, against Liverpool, and he's turned it and learned and adapted. You know, the gamesmanship that was going on was incredible from the Arsenal. But let, but let me tell you, conversely, Eddie Howe sent a side out, your man Shar, the big guy Dan Bourne, um, that dirtbag Guimaras in the middle of the park, who has a lot of talent, but he's nothing but a thug. If he had an English passport, you'd be look you'd be looking at Joey Barton, to be honest with you. He was throwing elbows at people, trying to leave the boot in to hurt people. Eddie Howe, for me, I thought he was someone that loved beautiful football and liked it, liked, liked it, you know, liked it with a little bit of finesse. He sends guys out to hurt people off the ball. And he's telling them to do that. So I'm being honest with you. I've seen Eddie Howe, I see Eddie Howe in a completely different light. He's just somebody that is adapting to the way he thinks things are. And he's sending guys. I mean, I was delighted when Newcastle were beaten and beaten well. I was looking at some of the fights that were going to say, I mean, that Kieran Trippier is a scumbag. And I mean that. He's an absolute dirtbag. You watch that game very, very closely. These lads are leaving boots in to hurt, not to, to you know, to leave. They're leaving, they were, Newcastle United were leaving the boot in to break fellas up. To break. Yeah, you see, one of his arguments was it was a very stop-start game. Um, no. There was an awful lot. But, like, is it a bit of naivety from him? Because, or does Eddie Howe, if he wants to be at this level, this is what happens at this level? Because, like, as much as football teams are brilliant, and actually, do you know what? Liverpool are probably accused of not being cute enough at times, even when they're brilliant, right? Mm. But teams at this level, right, when they're chasing something, and I believe Arteta has learned massively off Guardiola in this aspect of slowing a game down, taking, you know, taking your fouls, you know, both, both, you know, conceding fouls and getting free kicks. I think I've seen in Arsenal massively um, this season how it's basically a regen of what City do. Because City have this way of, I've seen City come to Anfield and, you know, Pep always seemed scared of coming to Anfield. So he would try to, he'd take a player out if he had to or he'd be looking for, make the game a little bit bitty. You know what I mean? And, and, I've seen that in Arsenal, but Eddie Howe needs to understand that if Newcastle United, which probably will be in the Champions League next season, they're going to face six group matches where whoever they're playing are going to do that. That's just the way it goes. You know what I mean? Like someone asked me there, have you checked out um, his uh, his assistant manager loves uh, smells himself every day of the week? I've seen actually a Twitter account. Um, I can't remember your man's name. Is it Tyndall? Is it Tyndall or something? Yeah, his assistant's name and your man seems to be everywhere. Like he's he's trying to shake he's shaking hands or a head to be for how does and stuff. But does Eddie Howe just need to realise that you're doing it? So when it's done to you, it's definitely going to be done to you by the likes of City, Arsenal, United are good at it. You know what I mean? Chelsea, when they're playing well, are good at it. Yeah, I think it's games, Gav. I think he understands from playing 
the nice football at Bournemouth and everyone going, oh, it's great, but you're not getting the results and la, 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 and isn't he wonderful when you get to the Premier I think he, he's cute enough, that's what I'm saying, he's cute enough to understand kind of that you have to embrace the dark arts. Also, people are talking about Eddie Howe, so they're not talking about what a dirtbag Kieran Trippier is, what an absolute scumbag Guimaraes is. Even that Joe Linton, that Joe Linton is a nothing but a, I mean, he's, he's a Brazilian and I swear to God, He's the worst Brazilian footballer I've ever seen in my life. Dan Bourne is a hatchet man. Yeah, done, uh, yeah, man Pope is erratic, running around trying to behead people. But nobody's talking about them. Yeah, they haven't got anyone up front that can Yeah, man Alboran doesn't play because he's not physical enough. You know, Sir Maximum doesn't play because he's not physical enough. He dances around. So he's kind of trying to reinvent the Chelsea team, to be quite honest with you. I think that's the direction that Newcastle are going to go. They're going to go to Chelsea route because they've never embraced that before. They're going to try, I'd say they'll bring in a big man like Didier Drogba up front to play through the middle, elbows out and get the results. I think that he's learned from nice sketching you know, over because Newcastle had nice under Kevin Keegan and they won zero trophies. Actually, El says during the 50 months out of the game, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe admitted he spent time in Madrid studying Simeone. He said, we're not here to be popular, we're here to compete. It's faster toys too, says, all Premier managers, Premiership managers are hypocrites to some extent. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. But mm. <clears throat> I don't mind if a manager says, I'm not really sure if I've seen it. You know, uh, you know, and you kind of deflect away from it. But some of the stuff Howe says, like he, he says it as if it's fact. So far off the mark. And somebody else says there, the ball is in play 52% of the time during Newcastle matches, the lowest in the Premier League. You know, it's... um, I just... I don't know. And, like, we put it up there because he was giving out again this week about time-wasting. And I still think the biggest time-wasting job of this season is Newcastle away at Anfield. It was unbelievable. Like, it was... like. Do you know what? Do you know, do you know what actually triggered it for me today? We were talking last night on the Fatback Four about um, referees, and I need to be careful here because people don't like us talking about referees because you know they skip past it and stuff like that. Um, but we were talking about Allison getting booked for time wasting in the seventy odd minute, right? And I was saying, when have you ever seen that? Like I can genuinely remember Newcastle at Anfield, like time wasting seventy seconds into the game, never mind seventy minutes. You know what I mean? And it was and it was massively blown up at the time, if you remember, because uh, Carvalho scores in the 98 minute. Newcastle were like, oh, it was eight minutes on the clock and he scored on 98-something. And people were like, yeah, and your time wasted during that eight minutes as well. You know, so it was a massive, massive story at the time. So just for me, for Eddie Howe, to turn around and say, you know, it was a very bitty game and they were wasting time and stuff. I'm kind of going, mate. You know what I mean? You should have just, like, you, you'd you have been better off coming out and going, we played quite well, we could have done better. They managed the game better than us. We got beaten. But he didn't. And it just keeps it just keeps going on. Kieran B oh, reckons they are the biggest time wasters in the league. Um, oh, yeah, right. Kieran is right. They, they are. I mean, and, and that's the plan. When you don't have someone that's sticking the ball in that reg- regularly, you, you know, you play as a unit like they have been, you get your goal, and you know that you're going to be back to the wall for a huge portion of the game. They break rhythms. Do you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what they've been trying to do. But when it happens to them, they hate it. It's always projection, Gav. It's always projection. Mm. Um, Martin says Pickford lay on the ball after 35 seconds at Anfield. Yeah, well, Pickford, Pickford was... Uh, Pickford at Anfield... 
last season I was at it and it was bad. But yeah. it was Pickford. Yeah. This was the whole Newcastle side. Like yeah. every time it stopped, they were taking an eternity to do anything. You know what I mean? Um, what a show from what a show from Brecky there. Pete, remember Alfonso Alves from Middlesbrough, the worst oh, yeah. position or whatever. Was he the guy that scored a load of goals in Holland? He did. He scored. Middlesbrough liked doing that. Remember they yeah. signed what was the other lad, the baldy fella? Oh yeah, Italian, um, he was Italian wasn't he? Um, yeah. He he played for the Italian macaroni, was it? Massimo macaroni. Yeah, yeah. macaroni. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, going, we're going to end up with one of these tangents where we're just naming forwards now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, no, look, Eddie Howe was voted as loser of the week. Um, they will probably make Champions League. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. I tell you, they won't compete in it. You well, we'll, t- well, well, it depends now because you know. People said, oh, they can spend what they like because, of, and they could, because it, as much as they hated Ashley, he, he, he steered a very tight ship. But what happens is when you go into European competition, the whole FFP stuff changes for you, mm-hmm. you know, and they start looking at you from the minute you arrive in it. You know what I mean? The minute you the arrive in it, they start looking Newcastle. at you every for yeah, over three years. The only, the only thing I'd say about Newcastle, Gav, is they, what? They're 57,000, 57,000 people every week. This is um, not my, I don't yeah, think it's that know. high. I think it might be. Somebody might say in the chat what that capacity is. It might is, be 50 ish, 50 ish, yeah. Somewhere along that every, every week that stadium is full. They are, in fairness to them, they're a cult following up there. They're, I mean, people might like them all they like, but those fans, even when they were, I remember they were like the equivalent of League One, they were like the, the old fourth division, and they had. 30, 40,000 people every single week. So they might, it was, this is not Manchester City where they make up pretendy figures. Oh, well, we need to extend the stadium. I mean, what a joke. We need to extend the stadium. You know what I mean? This is not, it's Newcastle. They've got a chance. Now, they'll still be, as you say, they'll still be heavily scrutinized. But I think that they could probably even build onto, new, uh, onto another 10,000 seats and probably fill it as well. So they could. Yeah. I'll give it to them there. But the thing is, fifty-two thousand capacity yeah. says Dragon yeah. Ball, um, yeah. and the atmosphere is incredible. Says Kieran B. It is, it is. It always was in Newcastle, whether it was at thirty-five or forty, whatever it always was. And there's no, there's no issue there. <clears throat> I just think if if Eddie Howe is going to bring these into the Champions League, and he will spend money in the summer, there's no doubt about it. Because if especially if they get into Europe, they can spend, but then they have to watch. But that's when the whole, the whole cycle starts. That's yeah. when the CE fucking, that's when the CE microchip gets stuck in, stuck in then, and, and then you see where they go. And I'm telling you now, in three years' time, we'll be all having the same conversation, conversation we're having around CE. We'll be having it around Newcastle. There's just no doubt about that. You know what I mean? Because th- these people aren't here to go. Oh, you've done fifth. That's great. Or sixth. That no, doesn't no, work no. like that. And they will go any way they can in order to make sure they're up there. Yeah, right. Um. Look, it's we we we'll, we we'll talk about the top four at the end. I, I want to leave it till the end. Um, next loser, David de Gea. Jesus now, Pete, I watched this game against West Ham. I, well, when I say I watched it, it was on. I was in and out of the living room. I was doing bits and pieces, and honestly, right when that goal went in, I had to check if David de Gea was in goal because I thought, oh. Do you know what it looked like? It looked like United had a goalkeeper sent off and had no keeper on the bench and they'd stuck no, no, a young in goal. <laughs> because Ben Rama hits a shot 
that's trickling and he's backtracking whatever else what is he doing and, I, and the reason I put him in there as a loser this week and seeing if people would vote for me is because <coughs> the reaction from United fans is he's done it again right it's becoming too much of a regular occurrence there's meant to be a new contract on the table and they're shitting themselves he's definitely a loser of the week because he's dropped United in and there where they're not in massive trouble but if they don't beat Wolves and Liverpool win they're in massive trouble right and I kind of got me thinking today we talk about oh, he's not good enough United is it time for some of the old guard that you would consider good to go with United in order for a really Ten Hag to, to get his grip on this because that's what it feels like to me because the hay yesterday that was just appalling I watched it um, obviously down in Malaga and you're right Gav I mean he's seen it all the way and listen Victor Lindelof is getting away with a lot of criticism here he's, there's three three Manchester United defenders and mid, sorry one midfielder and two Manchester United defenders are converging on 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 the attacker sorry on Ben Rama on Ben, ben Rama all together and if you're defending if you're the centre half and a good a good tackler like Lindelof is supposed to be because you've got the security of the two of them one of them was running towards the goal you go in and you make the challenge and Lindelof backs off backs up and the ball ends up going through his legs now in saying that Gav it's still 25 yards from goal and it's and not hit with any hit power and he hasn't hit he hasn't caught it at all and I wouldn't mind De Gea is already on the way down he, he has his body right his body shape is right gets his hand down to the position where he should be I thought he could actually afford to lift his left hand across and actually palm it to safety but he's left the right hand there because I think I always think that David De Gea's want is to make things look great which well, is Emma, why he gets, you know <coughs> Emma Kavanagh says De Gea tries to plant his his feet and his left foot slips from under him he doesn't get enough portions on the turf to push himself though, across with the save he's already there <clears throat> and the right there should be enough strength he's on the ground there should be enough strength from the elbow up to do something to do something to at least stop the ball he has these in him listen i know he's pulled off a miraculous saves but he's starting to look like that fella who you you sign from a relegated club because he's had 500 shots against him and you could put a great youtube clip you know montage together of him doing fantastic things but when he when he doesn't have that much to do and then he lets you down when he has something to do so he started to look like that guy and i think the second thing is they've everybody misses a trick that ferguson never missed as soon as your hunger is gone and he feel he felt that you weren't quite at it or that you felt that you'd done everything like Van Nistelrooy, like Beckham, like Paul Ince before them, like everybody except Roy Keane. As soon as you f- he felt that you, you he could read off you, that you felt you'd done everything in the club, that was it. You are gone. And I just see, again, you know, I would have... The writing has been on the wall for David De Gea, I think, for two years. Maybe a little bit more. And it's... nobody's done nothing about it. But Chris Brack says De Gea looks like Pepe Reina at the end of his career at Liverpool. For eight for the last eighteen months of that, uh, Pepe forgot where his near post was and always got beat by there. Got beat there. De Gea feels like he's gone stale, right? Um, you know. Look, 
I, I want to go into one. I have the head down as a loser because he lets that goal in, right? But on, on a bigger scale, right? On a bigger scale of things that looking at United yesterday, like someone said there in the chat, they're all fucking shooting from 30 yards. And they're all, you know, you know, Br- Bruno Fernandes has six goals this season. Rashford has 16. That's the two top scorers. Bruno Fernandes is meant to be a leader of this team. It playing an attacking position. He should be doing more. Sancho, right? Massive prize tag. Now, in fairness, I think Sancho's had issues off the pitch mentally as well. So, you know, I'd kind of give him a little bit of a pass. Um, because it, without saying it, I think Ten Hag did say it a couple of months ago. But then you look at Anthony, our £80 million or whatever it was, right? And, like, genuinely, like, a United fan I know there calls him a fidget spinner. You know what I mean? So you paid 80 million quid for a fidget spinner. You know, you look at you look there, you look at Martial. Martial to me has all and, and again I've heard United fans saying all the talent in the world doesn't want to apply it. Right? But he's bringing him on to try to save a game, right? You look at midfield, Casemiro's an excellent, excellent player, but I think he's looked a bit leggy over the last couple of weeks, right? You have Fred that seems to have fallen out of favour a little bit. Ericsson isn't getting any younger, but he's still a fantastic footballer. Yeah. Wan-Bissaka was written off, written off at the start of the season. He's getting games now. Ahead of Delow, who was fourth choice at the start of the season, from what I can make out. Harry Maguire is an unmitigated disaster, right? Lindelof, I actually quite like Lindelof as a defender. When you put him, when you put him aside, alongside the likes of Maguire and whoever, and you, you measure them up. You know, um, Varane picking up injuries all the time. Uh, um, he's not, he's not give well, well you see, I've never been Ferran's biggest fan, even when he's at Real Madrid, but what I'm trying to say is, is that it kind of struck me yesterday that, yeah, you can kind of go, he's not good enough, he's not good enough, but it's probably, is it, when you look at some of the older guard, like, and the Gea is the one that pops up straight away, maybe it is just, it needs freshening up. And as somebody <laughs> said in, in the chat earlier, and I apologise, he said, um, I'll, I'll get it off you now because it was a really good point and I just missed it. He said, um, Owen said, you know, it'll be buying a keeper in the summer, he feels, because the Gea does nothing that Ten Hag wants his keeper to do. Yeah. So, you know, the Gea cost them. But when you look around that team, all right, they're going on about how well they've done this season, right? They have a game in hand Liverpool, they sit a point ahead of them and we feel we've been a part Exactly. And Gav, I'll be honest with you. The four sign, the one player you didn't mention, and I have to mention him, playing in the number nine position, Vekost. Vekost wouldn't get a game for Burnley. I mean, you know, if, if you're, don't get me wrong, Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't the answer. You know, but I, I think of fellas like Cavani, you know, I think of fellas that they've had. You know, that a club like Manchester United, with the players you've got around, I mean, Anthony is a terrible player. He's a terrible attitude. Somebody tried to compare him to, to a young Cristiano when, when he came in and he thought he had it figured out. But he doesn't have the... I don't think he has the... But you, you, know, you look at what's playing at, at nine and it starts at a club like Man United. It starts there. At other clubs, it starts at centre-half. And Manchester United starts there and then it works its way back to everybody else. And there's just... It's... It's un- I would you would rather take a chance on some eighteen year old. I don't understand. This fella was was built up to be Ten Hag, the great genius of our time, and heralding in the new era and taking no garbage. He got rid of Ronaldo as quick as he could, but he's every it goes to show everybody's fallible. He knows the guy, brings him in on loan, and his pride. 
it's actually incredible to see him start a player like that. It's incredible. Yeah, but you see that, but but Pete, that's where the other argument of this come from, the other side of it come from, because it all blew up about United yesterday, right? Just a few comments in, right? Um, G10 says the has been poor since the 2018 World Cup, in his opinion, um, living off reputation. Um, he said, Owen Borg says, Diallo they have on loan at Sunderland looks a better player than Anthony. I actually must be still laughing at how they got 100 million for him. Um, Kevin Sullivan feels Manuel Neuer probably goes to United in the summer. Um, Manuel Neuer is a brilliant, brilliant goal. One of the best probably of all time. Right? But that, this is what I'm saying. Like mm. some somebody else said there, um, I think it was... Um, it was about it was about the I think it was the Brentford goalkeeper, um, yeah Barry Devon. He says Ray at United and Kelleher to Brentford because Kelleher's you know position is kind of up for up for debate at Liverpool. But is Neuer doesn't feel like an answer to me. Neuer feels like oh Stop. he's gone stale. We'll bring in Neuer. He's thirty six. We we'll get a season or two out of him. I don't think and I don't think Eric Ten Hag has done a bad job. I, don't, I really don't. I think they look, they were appalling last season. They look a bit like they have an idea what they're doing this season. I think he's underestimated the job he has. I, I Genuinely, I think he's come in and thought, I can stamp my thing on these and we'll get something. But I think he might have stamped and went, yeah, this isn't really moving. No, yeah. You know, I need to. And that's why I keep thinking, the likes of De Gea, what sway does he hold, you know? And he, he probably needs to, not, not for his own sake, I think for the, the club's sake, he, he might need to turn around and go, the hair just needs to go. Yeah. I need to bring in, a, a, I, if if the club's going to trust me, I need to bring in a younger goalkeeper, fresh, that's looking to progress. You know, like, pull any name out, player in his mid-twenties that's on top form, bang. You know, the sort of way. And But then it goes to the other side of it, and they lose yesterday, and Gary Neville comes out, and he yeah, says, um, really, really poor. Doesn't have... No, no I watched United Jesse, they were really, really poor. I don't think what Ten Hag done was helpful. You know, it just seemed to be, I throw a fella on and see what happens. But Gary Neville comes out and says, really, really poor, but it's a positive for Ten Hag because he can see who he wants on his bus next season. And right, and he uses that as an angle then to turn and go, but it's the Glazers' fault, like, you know, because the Glazers... Won't let go of the club. And Can I answer your question, Gavin? Mm. Do you think that Anthony, Bruno Fernandes, Lindelof, David De Gea, do you think any of them are walking out on that park thinking, I can't perform today because this club is on paper £1 billion in debt and um, I don't know where the next billion is coming from? Gary Neville... Let me tell you about Gary Neville. I, everybody that watches this knows that I was, last year, the year before, Gary Neville, great, you know, the voice of the people, at least he has a bit of integrity. Gary Neville is doing a little twerking act for Qatar. Anyone from Qatar to come in and, you know, what he's trying to do is tell you with every breath he has how bad the Glazers are, by the way, who have spent and assembled the most the, the most expensively assembled squad in that the world has ever seen, but that they're so bad that that's the reason that anything that comes in, because he won't ne- mention them specifically by name, Qatar, that any anyone that comes in is, is going to be the lesser of two. And I'll tell you why I'm right. 
because last week somebody talked about Jim Ratcliffe and the fact that he come in and he will have a, a minor stake on the board. Now, Jim Ratcliffe has serious resources, but the Glazers would still be there. So in the back of Gary Neville's head, he's thinking, oh, we'll still be, you know, they still won't st- spend 100 million here and 100 million there and won't wipe this, won't wipe that. Gary Neville doesn't care about integrity. He doesn't care about, you know, the values of Manchester. He only cares about looking across the road at Manchester City and wanting what they have, whatever it takes. So all of the bullshit that we've been listening to from Gary Neville about it's it's not right, it has to be the right way, that's all lies. And it's just twerking for Qatar. It makes me sick. I mean, I had nothing. There was nothing. You were right, Gavin, yesterday on Twitter. It had nothing to do with the Glazers. Nothing no. to do with it. None of those players are thinking about the Glazers are still here, I can't perform. Ridiculous. But, but the whole the whole thing around it is, right? And as much as the whole thing with the Glazers needs to be sorted out one way or the other. Because if it's not Don't sorted out No, but but what I'm saying is they need to sort it out one way or the other. The Glazers need to come out or whatever happens and say, right, the Glazers are staying or that other guy is coming in and the Glazers are getting twenty percent. But the rumor is that they get twenty percent, they still have a massive say in the club, you know, they only own twenty percent, right? But it needs to be sorted out because it's just a fallback option every time something goes wrong. Like Gary Neville is saying there yesterday, um, oh, and n- nobody knows um who's going to be running the club um next season and nobody knows what the budget's going to be. Um they're classless till the end. And I'm kinda of looking going, hold on a minute. You're calling Manchester United one of the biggest clubs in the world, which they are, right? And you, you, full, you actually expect people to believe that Manchester United, whether they're going through, the, you know, due diligence of a takeover, haven't got something in place for summer transfers. Are you actually fucking joking me? Of course they do. Every club in that Premier League, right, and Championship or wherever it is, if they're a professionally run football club, will already be eyeing up who they want to get rid of who their targets are, and they probably down the road with some of them. We know this. We know this, right? Because what will happen is, we'll get to July the... F- well, well before July the 4th, but it opens on July the 4th. We'll get there, and it'll be like, oh, they're in for this fella, they're in for... They're not in for this fella because they decided on Friday, listen, on Monday, we're going for him. They're in because the talks have gone on ages. So Gary Neville trying to treat Manchester United fans and football fans in general as fucking idiots, right? Doesn't wash with me because Gary Neville knows how clubs work, right? Gary Neville owns Salford City. I can tell you now, Salford City know who they want next season, who they don't want because that's how you run football clubs. You don't get the final whistle at the end of the season and go, hmm, what will we do? You just don't. And the fact that it's being taken over means very little, absolutely very little, right? The only thing it would mean is that if they get taken over and they can put extra money in, they might go, we're going to try sign these three, but now we're signing five. Do you know the sort yeah. of way? And yeah. every time something goes wrong, he blames the Glazers, right? Yeah. And this, and you see, he has to keep up this facade because he wouldn't blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, so we won't blame Eric Ten Hag. Now, some of the chat have said Ten Hag hasn't done anything that Ole hasn't done. I disagree. I think he plays a slightly better standard of football. They look like they have a plan. Is it working? Not all the time, but all they going on soldier when they were manager, genuinely, I didn't know what United were doing. Like they were coming out on the pitch, and I hadn't a fucking clue what they were trying because to do. He didn't know and they doing. sat in their own box for most of the games against most teams, and teams were going to Old Trafford and dominating the ball, and you never done that. So, yeah. I, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, all they going on soldier, 
just went in and went, oh, don't lose a game. Ten Hag looks to win games. I just don't think he has the bodies to do it. Do you know another thing, Gav, that annoys me about Gary Neville? See this false equivalency that you see a lot. He's Every every time he gets a chance as well, every seven or eight tweets, he'll talk about FSG and say, oh, Liverpool deserve investment as well. What he's doing there, he's trying to create a false equivalency between Liverpool's situation and Manchester United. Now, it's not about a world of a difference. Liverpool have, have no debt. And are, you know, we all know the model. We've talked about it at length. But he's trying, again, it's another sure sign of what he's trying to do. Trying to say, You're, you need it, we need it. And, you know, trying to justify so he doesn't turn, turn around if it happens and have to say, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. It's a false, it's a terrible, terrible disappointment to see someone. I'd rather someone say, I'd rather somebody turn around and say, listen, I don't care about this money. It's going somewhere else. It's 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 going to other clubs from other organizations. So why not us? You know, and terrible things are gonna I'm not it's not gonna stop terrible things on. But for them to fly the flag about how terrible the world is in, in one breath and do all that. But the false that's another thing that makes me sick. And you're right, Gav. It's just it's hard to listen to. Well, and you see, you, I, I you don't. Called force, you called the force a while ago. You were the one turning around saying, "P," and I was not always great and this and that. But you're right. You know this whole Peter Liam and Salford and all. It's just as bad as just on another. Yeah, but but that's but that's listen. That's his business, right? Now Manchester United is, is his business because he played all his career there and he's a Manchester United fan. Right, people are mentioning say, saying people are mentioning Saint and Greavesy in the chat here. Saint and Greavesy was unbelievable. Did I see yeah. something actually? They're they're going to do something around Saint and Greavesy. They're bringing out some sort of feature and thing. I must look that up. Um, if oh. anyone knows in the chat, let me know. But but Manchester United, what is his business to a point where he's a supporter, still a supporter of Manchester United, holds him dear to his heart? That's absolutely fine. Right, but don't throw out empty fucking things like just to royal people up by going and no one, no plans for the summer, and no one knows this and no one. They all know what they're doing. They all know what they're doing. And it, and the funny thing is, right, they leave. They know it even more if they're in talks for a takeover because the takeover talks will be, have you looked at this? What are you What are you looking to spend this summer? You know what will that do to the balance sheet? What will that do to what the value of the club is? You know what that asset that comes in. You know. Our image rights off, and would be you know, it's everything is down to so you know, you aren't going to be doing that, but but I'd love it all to be sorted just so they can stop talking about the Glazers it's every not, time. I don't, want them, goes to, I don't want them to have what he what he wants, I don't but you see, them. the funny thing is, right? I'd say he wants Ratliff, right? No, I, I well, well, you see, the thing is, is better option for him is, is Ratcliffe because the thing is, if Qatar turn around and buy this tomorrow. He is going to be doing donuts trying to fucking get out of what, what he said before because well, he, he made a so, he made a he song and dance it. about Qatar. He went to Qatar. He was given the opportunity to speak out. He went over and got paid to go there, right, and walk in Qatar. And it was passed off as an opportunity to go over there. And the way he spoke and tried to speak out, and I put that in inverted commas, was abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. He spent two minutes on TV talking about it and then shut his mouth for the rest of the tournament, right? But now he's going to have to stand there and go, my club, as he calls it, is now owned by Qatar that I had a massive issue with six months ago. And I made a song and dance about six months ago. So, but I think the earn to be lost in them anyway. So that, no, that. but he'll do it. And you're right. But he'll do it. You know, he'll say the place was falling apart. And we what we'll do is we'll put an organisation together, you know, the spirit of, you know, whatever old Manchester United. And we'll make sure that, they're you know, they're accountable and that we'll, we'll ask them about 
what what things are going on in in Abu Dhabi we, we, or wherever in in Qatar. We, we'll change. We, we will make the difference. He will fly that. No, flag. no, we won't because you know? because if Qatar take over the, the football club, they won't care what Gary Neville thinks. Yeah, but he'll pretend as that. much as as much as he'll as pretend, much as you know they mean? probably don't care now. At the Glazers, these are careless. G10 says, in fairness, United Windows in the last decades which wouldn't wouldn't suggest that they know what they're doing or have any semblance of a plan. I'm not saying it works. I'm not saying what they want to do or what they know what they're going to do works, but they definitely know what they're going to do. You know what I mean? I'd be more worried as a Manchester United fan if they actually didn't know what sort of plan they had for the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And they, they definitely are. do, because if they're under due diligence or bids to be taken over, every single thing is going to be asked. Every single thing is going to be looked at, right? And I'm sorry, but Manchester United went there over the weekend. David Hay threw one in the net, and Gary Neville's first thing is to say they play bad, tell Eric Ten Hag it's a positive, and then just lash the Glazers out, right? The Glazers went in goal, right? The the they have the goalkeeper was was probably the best goalkeeper in the league in the world at one stage, right? Right? So that's a managerial thing, right? That's kept them on and pushed for new contracts. They have a fullback they spend 50 million quid on. They have another one they spend 35 on, right? Lindelof was 30 plus million, right? Um, well, last year was new. Sorry, Shaw played centre half. Then you look at Casemiro, right? Big money, right? A big contract. Ericsson, I. Well, yeah, not on, not on, will be on a decent wedge. You've got Rashford, who was fucking, you know, Ballon d'Or about six months ago. You know what I mean? You've all these players, Anthony, 80 million quid. They've all these players, and they all throw the thing vague horse, vague horse, vague horse. And that's the, the carrot that they, they'll throw around at the Glazers. Oh, because of the Glazers, because of the Glazers, we had to sign vague horse, right? No, because why didn't you just hold on to Cristiano Ronaldo for six more months? Because Eric Ten Hag had to flex his muscles and show everybody how important he was. Well, there you go. Well, then Ten Hag made the decision, and Ten Hag made the decision to bring him in. If Ten Hag didn't like it, he should have turned around and said, no, I'm bringing back the fella from Sunderland and I'm playing him, or, I'm, or Rashford's playing up front, or whatever. But he didn't. Mm. You know what I mean? So, look, it. it I just, uh, I don't know. People pay People pay to listen to this yeah. Yeah. stuff no, from right. these people, and I just you're can't right. get my head around it. You're and, you know, like, don't get me wrong, right? You can get frustrated with your club and if it's a if it's a long running thing and all, but when United were winning games three weeks ago, four weeks, nobody cared about the Glazers. It only turns up when you lose a game. Yeah, simple as yeah. that. No, I haven't heard a single FSG thing since in the last six, six games Liverpool are winning. But if they lose against Leicester on Monday, you'll hear it again. That's how it works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, you can. I'm not saying there's nothing to what Neville said, but don't throw it out as fact. Don't throw it out as fact because you don't know it. You don't know if it's fact. Um, winner of the week, we better get out of here. Um, winner of the week is Sam Allardyce's pension. Um, because Sam Allardyce has taken over at Leeds, and because of the results today, uh, I think Leeds dropped in. May have dropped into the bottom three. Um, I can look her up now, but they've been falling like a stone. Right, they had a bit of an upturn under um, Javi Gracia. And then it's just gone horribly wrong. Um, I feel Jesse Marsh was never the right appointment. And I said this to Joe that Leeds fans was beyond us. Never felt he was the right appointment. Dropping no, like a, good guy, good guy, Joe. Yeah, dropping like a stone. Um, Everton had that big win. Forest win today. Leicester were appalling and got beaten five two or five five three. Um, I think Southampton are gone now after that result tonight. And you'd have to make Leicester and Leeds. 
the favourites to go down now. But Sam Allardyce has come in, and Sam Allardyce is getting a few quid, big few quid, six games, and he'll be on the road again. Like he just keeps coming, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think uh, it's one of those things where the club has to be seen to do something. Uh, and they have to be seen to, okay, this is what we would need, this type of guy, and la, la, la. And Sam Allardyce comes in and says the things that he needs to be seen to be to be saying. Um, I'm not saying he's not capable, obviously. Um, I just think, if I'm quite honest with you, they probably would have been better off sticking with um, the Argentinian fella who had them running circles around people at least for an hour before they tired and lost some games. But they'd be, you know, they, they were in better shape. For me, you know, it's the easiest. He won't make the four million, it, probably. It's the easiest two million quid anybody will ever make in four yeah. weeks. It's and yeah. that's what makes him an absolute winner. I mean, it's it's like it's incredible. You know, you, nobody learns anything from you know in any situation. They could have given a young coach. They probably would have been better off giving a young coach yeah. a chance. Yeah, because at the end of the season. Say Leeds stay up. Sam Allardyce doesn't stay there. So what do they do? Yeah. Yeah. They bring in another guy and he'll probably get 15 games. And then they bring in another guy and he'll get another 15. Then they bring in Sam Allardyce again. The, I get the whole we have to survive thing. But the lack of forward thinking from some of these clubs just blows my mind. Like, Javi Gracia was never coming into Leeds to stay there for years mm. after Jesse Marsh, right? Either bring Sam Allardyce in and say you 15 games, right, to save us, but we're looking for the future here, right? Or bring the coach in that you want and get him now mm. and say to him, whatever happens, we are behind you. Disregard everything else. We are behind you. And they do neither of them things. They let Harry Grassi run for seven, eight, nine games, wherever it might be. Then they throw in Allardyce with four, I think it's five to, four to go, right? And it's like, Lads, if you stay up, what do you do? Mm. You st- and if you go oh. down, if you go down, what will happen? The same thing will happen because if you go down and you're on top of the championship after 20 games, someone's oh. getting the chop. Because Leeds have been back in the Premier League. This is their third season back in, I think, after being out for 16. And they won't want a repeat of what happened from 2004 up until 2020, yeah. 16 years. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the- Sam Allardyce has pulled up a master stroke here. Four games, nice big wedge, gets his name back in there, you know. And it's not only is he, he might do it, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't put it past him, but he puts himself out there again to go, anyone needs that, lads, around next February, I'm here, you know, the sort of way. Yeah. Or he might blag a bleeding year's contract or a two year off somebody. And even if it doesn't work, she'll get paid off anyway. He's just managed to put himself back in there. With regards to the bottom tree, though, um, I think. I think Leeds against Newcastle is monstrous. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. monstrous. I am early Saturday. I think if Leeds don't win that game, they're gone. Mm. Genuinely, I think they're gone. Um we play we play Forest or we play Leicester yeah. on the Monday night. Um as I said, I think Southampton's gone. Leicester have a couple of tough games coming up as well, but who goes down for you? Well, Everton have Man City. So forget it. Man City will win that game. Everton have Man City yeah. at home. At Wolves home. away. And, Wolves, and Bournemouth and at home. It depends on which Wolves turn up, to be honest with you. Mm. Wolves could turn up, frustrate the life out of you, 
and get one and it's and you're not getting through them depend and it really depends about Bournemouth might be a bit of a gimme but Bournemouth always hurt Everton I think personally I think Everton get one point one more point oh one more which will pull them on t- 33 yeah I think they get four so you think that they beat Wolves and they draw or they draw with Wolves and, and they beat, beat Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Which will put them on thirty six, which would mean Leeds would have to get seven from the last three. And I can't see that happening. So that's why I think Leeds are gone. I think the interesting one is Leicester. Yeah. Leicester were per- terrible today, but Kevin Sullivan, I was chatting to Ch- Kevin Sullivan during the game, he might have put it in, the, in our telegram group, and he said they look so threatening going forward, but they're fucking all over the place at the back. Yeah, and yeah, better yeah. teams will absolutely take them apart. Um if you're in the chat, let me know or let us know who you think is the bottom, is the tree going down because that's a huge win for Everton. I think, it, like, I've listened, I listened to the Blue Room, as I've already said, uh, Dave Downey, and they were of the opinion, can we get six from the last two games to get 25 points? Now, they're on 32 now, which means 25 might be enough because Leeds sit on 30 with three games left. Leeds play Newcastle at home, Away to West Ham, home to Sports. That's their last three. Leicester's last three is Liverpool at home. I think they're away to Brighton. And then, they, I don't know who they're home to on the last day of the season. Leeds right? are home to Spurs, are they? The last day? Leeds, are, Leeds are home to Spurs this Saturday. Leeds are home to Spurs the last day. Yeah. But Spurs, Spurs, Spurs don't have anything to play for. And that's a problem with Tottenham. Yeah. To be honest, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a real problem. I fancy Leeds there. Yeah, uh, Laszlo says Leeds, Leicester, and Southampton to go down. Um, Southampton, Leeds, and Leicester again. Barry Devney, Southampton, Leicester, Leeds says Charlie. They're all the same. Um, they are all the same. Um, we are going to send Leicester down. Um, says LFC Monty. Uh, Southampton. Well, somebody was saying today, Gavin, though that Everton are in line for a big, big points deduction. Yeah, but the, but the thing is, but the thing is, right? The thing is. I think Everton are in an awful position regardless because I think if they stay up, they they get. I think they either get a points deduction or they get a transfer ban. And if they get a points deduction, you're probably looking at you look at Derby. Derby had twenty points taken off them in the in the football league. Yeah. If Everton get ten points taken off the start of the season, they go down. Game right. Over. If they get a transfer ban, I think they go down because that squad there is the best you're going to have and you're going to have Pickford or Onana or Calvert-Leon going I want out of here you know what I mean we can't bring any players in look at last season it was terrible you know the sort of I think they're in an off position anyway the points deduction or that I don't think will come until after the season is finished now I'm amazed I'm actually amazed that publicly Southampton Leeds Leicester Forest them four haven't Ask questions earlier publicly about what's going on with everything in our finances. Oh, and maybe they bro- have. <coughs> well, they haven't publicly because it would come out. But if they go down, they're in the football league then. They're not in the Premier League. And yeah. I think the Premier League is the one investigating them at the minute. If they go down into the football league, then the, the, the football association could look at it and go, hold on, you know, we're doing this. But the, but the financial losses to them if they go down, because of the situation they're in, 
and accusations that Usmanov was still funding them through a different third party, which is another thing. But the, the losses, where the financial position is now, coupled with going down and trying to build that stadium, is like perfect storm stuff. You know what I mean? It's absolutely, it's, it's like, it's genuinely Sunderland without Sunderland having a ground. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> or Sunderland trying to build a ground. Um, most people think Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, um, vast majority in, in the thing. Like, there's three games to go for all of them now. Everton's yeah. on 30, Forest 33, Leeds or Everton 32, both Leeds and Leicester yeah. on 30. I think what might happen this weekend, I think Leeds might get something mm. off Newcastle. I think City will beat Everton, I think Liverpool will beat Leicester. And I think Leicester will nearly be condemned this weekend. And I think it'll be between Leeds, Everton. Um, Leeds, Everton and Forest for Leeds the last, Forest, last spot. Yeah. What what happens, Gavin? Though, <coughs> in the best case scenario for Everton, for example, best mm. case scenario they stay up, and there's no points deduction. Who signs for them to improve that squad? Well, the problem they have is, is that if they stay up, you see, I don't I don't know how to get away from this financial stuff because this isn't the first instance of it, right? Mm. And we're gonna get out of here in a minute. I promise, because I've one last question for you. Um, the problem with everything is, is that they were flagged by the Premier League last year yeah. with regards to their finances, right? Because their percentage of wages compared to their turnover is massive, high 80s, I think, right? And they were flagged because of this. Now, at the time, it was told that the Premier League and Everton Football Club were working together to resolve this because it was a grey area with regards to you've lost... You can only lose 105 million over three years. Yeah. Everything were up at 260 odd million, and I think that's r- risen because what happens is they take they take the fourth year away. You know, as you go, it's yeah. it's obviously the last three years that you're sitting in. I think that the, I think it's up around 300 million they've lost over the last three years. But yeah. the grey area was um, COVID yeah. and the stadium. Now the claims from everything, from what I've read, is that. The the claims from Everton was is that COVID they suffered more than any club in world football around COVID double or anybody else right which the Premier League weren't really buying plus the stadium costs but mm. it came out that the stadium costs are only being paid at certain times so how could you have stadium costs when you've paid up to now but they were kind of putting costs that were down the road into what what the losses were it didn't make yeah. sense. Right. The loss of Usmanov has been huge to them. Now, that was all flagged. And everything came out and said, we're working with the Premier League to resolve this, you know, make sure everything's all right. And then the Premier League came out and said there's a problem. Now, I think, I personally think, and I'm just a person reading about it, I personally think that they probably were working. And then everything went and signed a player or two and went above what they were meant to go up. And the, yes, the Premier League went, you're meant to be bringing this down now. And they have brought it up. So we have to activate this. For the interests of every other stakeholder here, we have to activate what's going on here. But I don't think the Premier League want to do anything about this until the season is resolved. Right? Because what would happen is, is that if they turn around to Everton tomorrow and said you have a 10-point deduction, Everton are relegated. Right? Right, game over. They can't get get the points to get out. Then then it leads to... um, You know, we're, we're, we're going against that. We're going to appeal that. So the league plays out, Everton go down, right? Leeds stay up and Everton appeal it. 
and this drags on. How do you start a league next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think they're waiting to see what way the land lies. I think the Premier League would like everything to go down. Well, it gets them off their watch a little bit. They need to make an example of somebody in order to hammer Man City as well. To be honest, well, I think well, the Man the City thing is, Man but you see, the Man, the Man City thing is different because everyone have losses. Man City have money that they're saying they have, and they believe they've made it up. Right, mm. but the problem is that the FA have come out with a hundred charges against Manchester City, so that's going to take time to yeah. to get absolutely worded correctly in order to go to this tribunal that they'll do, and it'll be a week long and whatever it might be. The thing with everything is they've they've walked alongside the Premier League with this, and now something has gone wrong. Something has gone wrong where they've done something and it's triggered it over again, and the Premier League went, "Well, we're walking with you because there was a grey area around COVID and this and stadiums." But now you've done it again. Do you know what I mean? But they, but they don't want to be seeing eight games out to take 10 points off them. You usually get it. Now, in fairness, Reading, I think, got something early this season. Derby got it. But I think Derby might start the season with 20 points gone. Or knew at the start of the season you were getting this. Yeah, this was coming. You know, whereas I don't think they'll do it before the season ends. Because if they fell out of the league, the Premier League will go, not in the league. They're gone. Do you know what I mean? And then it's a then it's a case of everyone trying to fix their own financial issues. If they yeah, stay in the league, if they stay in the league, you would you could possibly expect the teams to go down to go, hold on a minute. Do you know what I mean? Especially the and teams that finish so, toward bottom. You know the sort so. of way. But you yeah. ask the question, what do they do if, if nothing happens? Yeah. I don't know how nothing happens for a start. But the money they're losing, I don't know who signs them. I don't know where they pull the money from. Exactly. exactly. Because because they're just losing money hand over fist. Like, their wages is... Now, people will say they're going to lose players in the summer and that'll take wage bills off. That's fine. But you still have to bring players in. And you need better players than what have left because the players that have left have done fuck all for you. You've escaped relegation twice. You know, that sort of way. I just think they're doomed. The picture, no matter what happens, whether it's this season they go down or next, I just think they're doomed. I mean, there's no... The only thing I could think of, if I was running Everton now, I would look at Celtic and I'd look at Ange Postaloglu and the Japanese players he's got and I would try to get them in. That's the only solution. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to anyone who doesn't understand the culture. Most players up at Celtic have embedded in you know British football culture. I would try and bring that man in and say, get as many of those lads in as you can. They're not on big contracts at Celtic. It's a different economy of scale. Yeah, I know. But, 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 the, but, but Pete, the thing is, right, they wouldn't be on big contracts, mm. right? But you but you bring that man, like that manager, you're saying who'd sign for them. Why would they sign for them? They're not signing for Everton. They're signing for him. Yeah, but why would he sign for Everton? Maybe he's might, you might be able to sell him that it's the Premier League. Ah, they've Pete, I'd understand, I'd understand, I maybe understand the Leicester. Right, mm. stadium they have, training ground they have, they've they might have a few quid. I get that, but not everything. Like mm. Scouser Pete says, uh, Derby got twelve points in the start of the season and eight at a later date. But I think the eight they got at a later date was because of another something, something else that was triggered, and they knew it was going to happen. Like Derby knew it was coming. I think the Premier League will leave it to see where it goes. But it's another yeah. look. We could be, we could be, it could be irrelevant. In three if weeks time, down, if everything were to go down, to do yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, Kev reckons they. Kev reckons. Um, sorry, uh, they need to seriously gamble in the market with real bargain sign and sell the ones who you can sell. Yeah, but uh, I just listen. I'm telling you now, if everything finish fourth from bottom, 
the team that finished third from bottom and the team that finished second from bottom definitely are going to ask questions if everything's yes. in the Premier League this season and nothing comes. They'll want to know yesterday what's going on with that financial situation. Well, by that logic, just break everyone, just break the rules because there's no, there's no accountability. Yeah, and just say it was an accident. You know, it was an accident. We didn't mean to break the rules, which is what everyone will say, and they'd yeah. be right. Last question, and I kept it from ages ago. Philip Bidwell asks, fair question for Gavin P. Did you think we would be in a position to stand a chance of finishing the top four a month and a half ago? P. Do you know what? With Liverpool, do you have to wear two hats? I always think, and I think I said it in the, earlier in this broadcast, we always put a run together at the end of the season. Where you're gonna go? Like, there's always ten games at Liverpool where it's they look like prime Liverpool. You know, it doesn't matter what season it is. I thought we'd bother the top four. I didn't think what would ha- what ha- what has happened to Manchester United in particular. I mean, I look at Newcastle and I think they're the catchable ones, to be quite honest with you. And I don't know where Manchester United are gonna score their next goal. Um, but I wouldn't have said that to you a few months ago. I would have said. We'll put a run together and we'll look strong, gift or strong. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I, I never give up hope with Liverpool because it's Liverpool. But yeah, I, um, to, like to answer your question, no, I, I wouldn't have thought we'd be this close. To be quite honest with you, I would have thought we'd still be looking at with three games ago, we're within seven points, and if they lose their three games, we can do it. But to be within a result, really bad result for them, good result for us. Of actually taking the spot, I hmm. would have said no. I don't give up until it's over. You know this. Um, yeah. Like I don't know, and I like Davo fucking hates me for it. Like Davo does be saying to me, "We just give her up," and I'd be like, "No." Do you know what I mean? Eighteen, nineteen. I was like, "Davo, come on, they're gonna." And Davo was like, "They're gonna win every fucking game." You know what I mean? And you see, you're gonna, and I just, I don't. But being honest, um, I don't give up until it's mathematically impossible. I never do, but. After drawing with Chelsea and Arsenal, and the form United were in, the form Newcastle were in, Spurs were a bit hit and miss, you know, and we were kind of around Brighton at the time, and I was kind of going, I felt it was too many teams to get past, right? You can use your rely on Spurs to be Spursy, as people say. You know, could Newcastle or United fall out? But at the time, like, you know, people are looking going, geez, a couple of the wins here in United could be up City's arse, you know, the sort of way. Um, I thought it was too many to get past, but when you look what's happened, you know, and it just shows you put six, seven wins together, you know, spores have fallen off dramatically. Um, Villa were, Villa were quite, going quite well and I'm going to dropped off. Um, Brighton dropped off. They have a couple of games in hand, but I think that might be the end of them for the Champions League push. Newcastle, the... the for the fact that they're going for a, this will be their fourth Champions League campaign in probably 20, 15 years more. Since that's Bellamy, Be- no, Be- Bellamy. So you're probably looking around 2002, three, maybe it's about 16, 17 years. Um, oh no, sorry, Pardew got them into it, didn't he? Did around 2008, nine, and around that period. I, th- I think he did, yeah. yeah. <coughs> um, I could be wrong. Someone will, someone will tell me I'm wrong. I, I have a feeling Pardew got them into a Champions League. Um, but I thought the pressure's racking up on them. You know, you just feel if you're in a game with them after 60, they're in trouble. Um, but at the time, no, I thought there's just too many to get past. I know where Pete, you're coming from, Pete. We go on a good run. 
Um, um, but I didn't think it'd be enough. I didn't mm. think it'd be enough. But, okay, I did say Phillips was the last question, but really quickly, Pete, if we win our last three games, do you think we get in? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I mean, of the three teams in contention, realistically, I know Brighton are in contention as well. We're the only team where I'm looking at it going, goals are not a problem. Now, defensively, Newcastle are better than us, let's be honest. Defensively, Manchester United don't have a centre-half. I think that's struggle. They'll concede goals in every game. Um, and we will score in all of these games. So we've got a chance. We've got a punch yeah. chance. So, yeah, we win the, win the three games with it. Uh, Barry Demney feels the two, both Newcastle and Man United huh? teams, um, home form will see them over the line just about. Um, I, I think, it, it, look, they both have four games left. They need they need to not win two of them. That's basically what we need. Yeah. I think our biggest chance is actually Newcastle. I think if Newcastle were to lose to Leeds at the weekend and Liverpool were to beat Leicester, the pressure on them will be just unreal and Anfield will be on wheels against Villa and we'll go down and bat on Southampton. Do you know what I mean? And then it'll be up to them to go and do that thing. With United, I think they've Wolves at home. Bournemouth at home, I think. They've a couple, they've a couple, Chelsea, sorry, I think they've Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea at home. Both Newcastle and Manchester United have Chelsea, I think. Yeah. United Not have that Chelsea. Anything, yeah, United have Chelsea the week before the last day of the season, I think. So um there's just there's just loads going on. I think I'd like to see I just want Liverpool to win the last three and see where it gets us. Yeah. If it yeah. gets us in, great. If it doesn't, you know, what can you do? Yeah, you can exactly. look back at where we were poor and you we want to we want to improve over the summer and and, and be better next season, you know. But that's the way it goes. Uh, Pardew got you away for cup football in an eight-year yeah. deal. Was he away for cup? I, mean, I thought it was a Champions League. Was because the last it was two thousand two, two thousand three was the last Champions League. Mm, Dragon um, Dragon Ball says if City win the Champions League, does fifth place team get into the Champions League? No, no. Mm. The only way the, you can have five teams in it is if a team in the Europa League would win it. Air mm. forward go through with the team from the Europa League, but no, we wouldn't get a fifth spot if you, if City won it. Um, Madrid all the way. Yeah. Um, but look, that's been winners and losers. We've got through so much. Um, we usually do an hour. We've done an hour and just on just an hour and fifteen. So um, no, but I've really enjoyed. It. I enjoy it every Monday. Me and you just seem to talk about loads of different bits. Um, <laughs> we won't be here next week because Liverpool play next Monday. We might throw it in next Tuesday because people like winners and losers. I think. Um, we're like the charity is uh, for breast cancer research. You you hear me talk about it all the time. So I'm not going to say much on it tonight. It's in the link. It's in the description if you want to donate. LFCDayTrippers at gmail.com if you want to contact us to help us out with anything with regards to the golf day. Or if you feel you can help or you're not too sure what you could help with, email us and we'll tell you. We'll tell you straight. No, you can't help us. Or yeah, you could absolutely help us. So um, look, it's there. If you can help, please do so. It's 12 women running the Dublin Marathon for breast cancer research. It is, it's, it's a disease that touches so many people, not only in Ireland, all around the world. It's, you know, it's it's a fucking horrible disease. Um, so for us to try get this twenty grand for these girls that are running twenty six point two miles, and and then it goes on to breast cancer research. Twenty grand, I don't know what it can do for breast cancer research, but any help is always appreciated. Um, anything else before we go, P? No, um, just if you can, is give give what you can. Obviously, if breast cancer it can affect anyone, one in three people in general are touched directly or indirectly by cancer. 
and um, obviously bang average golf subscribe <laughs> get your friends in i'm loving it it's going well uh, and i'm listen guys just to be clear i'm nothing to do with it i'm yeah. not involved I, i'm not swinging clubs you're not a golfer yeah i'm just enjoy- well i do like i like i like it you like a bit of golf but you're just like watching this for the I'm crack not don't you? i'm not with you i'm not over there in ireland uh, i'm just enjoying watching two lads going out having the crack mm. and the variations on it it's just good viewing get on it get your friends on it i wanted yeah. to go on forever and ever well bang average golf um if you want to subscribe to that it is bang average golf on youtube you will see it and you will see me and neely um doing an awful lot of golf we had our first guest last week which was great we're hoping to get more guests on in the future and play different golf courses in the future playing a different golf course this week actually so um if you're out there and you're, you're a member of a golf course and you want me to come and play it and you can come and play along um you can play the golf with us because we we want people to come and play golf for us like we don't want it to be me and neely all the time we want different people all the time playing golf Hitting good shots, bad shots, having a laugh with each other, slagging each other, and just having a good day. You know, 18 holes probably takes about five and a half hours with the cameras, but it's five and a half hours of a laugh. So um, go and check out Bang Average Golf. If you know anyone that plays golf, get them onto it. If you know anyone that wants to play with us and you have a sense of humour, let us know, um, and we'll sort that out as well. Um, that has been Winners and Losers for this week. For the rest of the week, tomorrow we're off. Um wednesday we have i think it's a transfer call-in show i think keith decided that last night which is sound of them um thursday we should have viewers voice friday uh premier league forecast nothing on saturday fat back for sunday back with full-time reds on monday after leicester and next tuesday we will do winners and losers because people like it thanks to Pete. thanks everyone in the chat talk to you in a bit over now Podcast Network.